Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Welcome to I'm Listening. This is a Frasier fan podcast where we talk about everything imaginable about the show Frasier. And with each new episode, we have a special guest, and today is no different. Today, I am joined by comedian and actor Gianmarco Seraci. Did I pronounce that right, Gianmarco? That was, that was perfect. Amazing. How are you today? Oh, I'm very good. I'm so glad that you're here. Um, I feel like when I've been getting people to do the show, it's mostly me going, who likes Frasier? But with you, it was a, I saw, a, is it okay if I mention the tweet? Or, oh, of course. Or the what I saw on Facebook, yeah. you wrote like a, I considered a funny status. That was, unless you remember it word for word, I can paraphrase. You can paraphrase away. I believe it was something like, I'm watching every season of Frasier level of depression. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or something. And that really caught me because I personally watch Frasier all the time. Sure. And have been watching it since it was on the air, then went into syndication, and now is on Netflix. And now it's almost like a comforting like sound often when like I can't fall asleep. Is of course. I, I, for some reason, I somehow missed it in my youth. I remember coming on, on the air, and I don't know what it was about the intro video, or maybe just watched two seconds. I was like, oh, this is a real snooty show. Like I, It's as if I bought into what Frazier thought he's, his life was. Absolutely. And then I watched it and I'm like, oh, this was silly as all get out. It's pretty, it is pretty silly. Okay, so you're not even finished, right? What, how far no, are you into the show? I'm, I'm on, uh, almost done with season four. Were there nine seasons overall? There were 11. 11. I'm so jealous. You have so far to I go. I know, it's so exciting. But I, I remember I was like, when is Frazier's hair going to go away? Because the first season you're like, wow, mm -hmm. this is, a, I liked it though. Oh, the hair, there's going to be, uh, this isn't a spoiler alert, it's just the passage of time. There's going to be lots of, of hair changes. Not just for Frasier, but just for like Roz and Daphne too, different hairstyles sure, sure. that they try. Um, so what got you into the show? Why did you start to watch it? I feel like I've, I've, I, I go through periods of my life where I need that, that show I can binge, that I can put on in the background, mm -hmm. that I can go to sleep to. I've always been... I go through phases of horrible sleep problems. When I was a kid, mm -hmm. I, I had like a disc man that connected to the TV so you could hear the audio and I would listen to Seinfeld to go to sleep. I love it. And there's something about that, the safety of a, mm -hmm. of a nice sitcom. But what I love about Frasier, it's so well written. There's, mm -hmm. there's so many great jokes in there. Absolutely. But I can't just watch any shitty sitcom out there. No. Also, the laugh track, I also realize I find comforting as and well. And it's a nice laugh. I see some shows now with laugh tracks. I can handle it sometimes, but they're just absurd. Mm -hmm. And Frasier's, it doesn't, it never goes too far for me. No. Well, it's also weird because, like, Seinfeld's definitely a show I grew up watching and Frasier as well, mostly sitcoms. So sometimes... Like, I remember I saw somebody post a clip from Friends of Roz, of not Roz, Ross. <laughs> That'd be amazing, though. Right. Roz. Roz. <laughs> Ross without uh, a laugh track. And it was very creepy. Sure. So I, I feel like part of it is just the sound of the audience and the fact that Frasier is never alone on a deeper level. Uh -huh. I find very comforting. I, you know, so I, I was at one, maybe it's season two 
where maybe Roz is sick or Roz is working at home. What's the name of the sports guy again? Oh, Bulldog. Bulldog. And Bulldog comes over. It's this it's this astounding scene where she goes to the kitchen and he thinks she's going to sleep with her. him mm-hmm. and you know, gets naked. And you're watching it and you're hearing this laugh track to all these moments. You're like, oh, my God, this is a this is a fireable offense. And it was just a, really interesting to be like, mm-hmm. this was so to, it was just a laugh. It was just a big goofy. Oh, what a goofy guy. He's such a goofy guy. Yeah, there's just also like his whole character and the way he acts and what he gets away with is also, I feel like if you had him now with a studio audience, you might not get the same reaction. Sure. <laughs> but just more like, oh, he, you know, sexual harassment. Well, it's rife with, there's there's one, there's a Christmas party and they bring in a stripper and like, basically they bring the stripper in and mm-hmm. he's like, well, I am human and like just dips her and yeah. kisses her and you're like, Holy shit. Hey, you didn't ask this her. This is the office. I know. No, it's crazy. It was a different time. The 25th anniversary of the premiere just happened last week. So, Did they do anything? Oh, I mean, there was a Vanity Fair profile that came out, like an oral history. I highly recommend it. Uh-huh. But there's, um, you know, a lot of the writers. I think there might be some actors in there as well. I, I highly recommend it. But yes, it's it, it was out a long time ago, and I feel like there's just a lot that's changed. I just heard a rumor they were going to do. Oh, I mean, we can go on and on about that my concern yes kelsey grammer mentioned and i i want to be open in that i do not support kelsey grammer as a like as the, a regular human being it if, sounds pretty rough i had to stop reading because i was like this is messing with pretty my... insane uh but he was the one that said oh yes uh, a reboot but i haven't heard anything from like any writers expressing any interest to do it is what yeah, i'm saying that big paycheck comes along exactly like what i fear is that what happens is Kelsey Grammer like puts the wheels in motion, doesn't have anyone because no, maybe no one or from the original writer's room wants to be involved. And mm-hmm. therefore he ends up getting a bunch of other randos. Did he keep good relationships with them all? I mean, I understand he was different. There was a lot of just drinking and there was. I'm not sure. You know, I, I'm curious. So I'm going to do uh, an episode of this podcast all about uh, Kelsey Grammer's autobiography, mm. which is such a, like it's insane. Highly recommend it um, via audiobook because he reads it. Oh, really? And it, ca- it like goes from like the beginning of his life because he wrote it in 1995. So like Frasier had just started. So any of the crazy stuff that happened during Frasier is not there. But uh-huh. he did definitely was doing drugs. And like it's talked about by you some other writers. You audiobook? He like goes up to the side. Well, he talks, about, he talks about doing drugs before Frasier. Uh-huh. But during Frasier as well. That definitely happened, except the book didn't exist then. So what I'm saying is, yes, he's he he has dabbled more than dabbled in drugs. I heard there's there's one episode where Nigel kind of gets the Niles. main story. Ni- oh my god, I'm sorry, my the names fans are horrible. Are gonna freak I, out? <laughs> I promise, I watch it all the time. I'm just horrible with names. So Niles, where like Niles takes on his role because he was going to rehab for that week, and that's why like Niles was like. He asked like Niles if he could take over the radio station for the for one of the episodes because yeah, yeah. he was going on vacation, and they said it was because he was going to rehab for that week. I will have to. I mean, do you, you know what episode this? Because, it was early. I believe it was season three. Because there's an episode, if that's the one you're talking about, where Fraser actually gets sick. Like his character has a cold. No, no, that one. That's a different that one. He's on screen. This is one where he's like not in the episode at hmm. all. I'll have to look into it. Yeah, I'm, he's I'm like, I'm going curious. on vacation. Could you do this? And they apparently they had rented the episode for Fraser to do, but then yeah. they had to change it because of that. I'm very curious. Um, I, okay. Other question, which is, did I don't know why I had it in my head that perhaps you had started watching the show 
and if this is too personal, I was just very curious. No, no. If, if it had anything no, no, to what, do with like an event, like a breakup or like, you know, losing a job or like. I think it's I had I recently had a play that I like wrote and made and had been in process for years. Mm-hmm. And it was like nearing towards the end of that. And that was like just a, it was just you always have these projects that are like in the horizon. Sure. They're like, well, at least I have that. And mm-hmm. all the ups and downs of of this particular business, you sure. kind of have these guiding lights. And so as that was coming towards an end, mm-hmm. I think there was that kind of lack of direction, lack of what's next. I totally, what am I building to? Absolutely. I felt that way about when I did a solo show where oh, yeah? I had spent all of this time and then finally it came and I was like, oh, that was my goal. Now I need a new goal. So I might do it. And you always places. like the hope of like, well, maybe I do the show and then it just explodes. Exactly. And, like, <laughs> and I, then it goes to Broadway and I just keep rolling and rolling. And, you know, there's always still things maybe this uh, maybe. But like overall, it's like, well, I did it and it's done. Well, I think Frasier is a great show to uh, sort of, I don't know, lay around and watch when you are in that particular mood. Like for me. I'm curious if you feel a personal connection to it yet, given that you're only four seasons in. Oh, yeah. No, I feel. But for me, I love the relationships like father and son. It's like a big dynamic mm-hmm. that I love. Mm-hmm. I'm very close to my dad, so I feel like I personally can relate to it on a personal level. Yeah, I'm not. I have a tough relationship with my dad, but I what I think it does so well, it really, it, it doesn't get too saccharine or it always approaches it the right way. I never feel like, mm-hmm. ugh. There's sure. some sitcoms that like it just like, and now we're talking about friendship. Absolutely. But Frasier, it feels, and that's, I mean, that's just a credit to how good all those actors are. Mm-hmm. But particularly the father, he's just. John Mahoney. John Mahoney is just, because he's, it's, it could have been so bad. I mean, he's just like, he has to be kind of the guy who doesn't, who's like, oh, I don't like this fancy stuff. But he's just so full of like joy. And he has heart. He has so much heart. And so somehow the speeches always work and like. He has some great monologues on that show that you probably, I mean, you've probably already seen some, but there are some oh, other ones too. Oh, for sure. They I, all do. Yeah. It's and very they do play-like. It. It's, it's amazing. It's, it's just the writing's fantastic. Mm-hmm. I mean, because it, it never goes too far. It never feels like, okay, we get it, guys. You're trying to be too deep. Or they always like, we'll make a joke to throw it off at the end. Absolutely. Well, what I wrote down is I, I wrote that for me, because I didn't think about it until I brought it up to you, the, the comforting aspect. Mm. So for me, a lot of these episodes and the ones that I wrote down, and I am going to try and stick with ones that are from sure, season sure. one to season four, yeah, yeah. this will be a good test of my knowledge. Will I know just from looking at it? And actually, I already know this first episode is from between season one and season four. Um, but for me, it's like these episodes have the ones that are very comforting. Um, so, you know, some kind of silly, kooky plot is happening, but the, over under or overall it you know it has to do with the deeper meaning behind the episode and like the importance of friendships or family that's often how the like my favorite episodes end. sure i want to give you an example I, this one i believe is from season one perhaps mm-hmm. the finale it's called my coffee with niles uh-huh so that is a full episode in cafe nervosa with just fraser and niles talking about whether or not they're happy yes i love that episode yeah, and it was so, it was, it was surreal. I love these, these episodes that really break the mold of like, oh, Absolutely. we're just going to stay here. Have you been watching Bojack Horseman? I've been watching it. It's very dark. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but it is a very dark show. Yeah, it can slip into feeling pretty nihilistic at times. Yeah. Well, like, where are you in that? I mean, I watched the first few episodes and then there would be like articles that would come out that were like, 
you must watch this one about the abortion. So then I did. And I was like, oh, this is really good. And then I just watched, I think, a, ver- a recent episode, at least on Netflix, that was like kind of going through the relationship of the horse and his cat agent. Forgive me. I'm very bad with names. Sure, sure. And it was like they have this deep, you know, meaningful connection. But I was like, oh, God, he's so damaged. This is such a bummer. But when they break, like they just had a in the new season, there's one where it's just Bojack talking. He's delivering a eulogy. And it's just him talking the whole episode. And like, that's what it feels wow. like with the cut where it's just like, oh, we're going to stay here. Yeah. And we're just going to go back to this question. And mm-hmm. the writing is so sharp that we don't need anything else. Absolutely. And I, I but I love seeing them interact because it's just nice. Their friends and their family. And I that's where it's comforting for me. It's like I think it's part of it's when I feel lonely. Yes. And as an only child uh, and I living see. in this city, it's so lonely. Mm-hmm. You know? So that yes, that's definitely that thing of friendship and family. Like in this episode, do they ever decide if they're actually happy? Not necessarily. It's like a long conversation. What does it end with? Doesn't he go like so it, Yes. It ends with Niles has to head out, but then Frazier uh like one little sort of gag that's going on through the whole episode is the waitress keeps bringing him back the wrong coffee. Uh-huh. So finally she gets it right at the end and then he's happy and he like takes a sip and it ends. I was like, isn't that life a good cup of coffee? Or even even bef- before I watched it earlier to remind myself, I forgot how it ended. But I thought to me, the fact that they have each other to even have this conversation is really nice. So that already made it a happy ending. I, I mean, it's really marks. interesting when you think about Frasier compared to just to see, because with friends, obviously they're all friends and they explore dating, but to explore like dating and single people through a family unit, yeah. it's just a fascinating Absolutely. thing. They have to see their father date. So you really mm-hmm. get this. I think it's a, it feels like a unique perspective when they deal. I just saw the one where uh, Niles walks in on, on their father and his new girlfriend at Niles' house. Oh, And yes. it's just like to have to deal it's this idea of family coming back later in your life. Mm-hmm. I think like, and yeah. I, I've, I have siblings, but I, I was uh, the only one of the original marriage. So I feel like mm. and my dad's, I didn't have siblings for a while. So I feel like I have this mix of being an only child mm-hmm. and having siblings. Interesting. And like, as I grow older, you, you enter that second wave where family reenters your life. You go to college and yes. in your twenties, but then your parents get older, they get ill or they're yep. just old and need help. And that's what happened with Frazier. Yes. You, you have, Mm-hmm. I find I've been very lucky to feel like my sisters and I and I was there half the time, mm-hmm. but they've become more a part of my life. Mm-hmm. And it's at that stage where we can talk as adults. We can make Absolutely. jokes as adults and there's problems as adults. Yeah. And I think that's just the interesting lens of Frasier as opposed to a lot of a lot of shows where it's friends mm-hmm. that you're dealing with people your age. It's seeing people at different ages. I will admit to that. As a person who is 30 now, it's Me too, very, okay, when's your birthday? It's August 20th. Oh, happy birthday. Okay. Well, oh, thank I'm you. way late. My birthday's in October. Okay. So I'll you're not 30 I'll be even yet. older. Are you going to be 31? All right. Uh, I'll edit this out. No, I won't. It doesn't matter. It <laughs> does not matter my age or not. But <laughs> say it one more time and it'll be I'll true. I'll say it. I'll keep repeating it. <laughs> I like that they are in, in my head still old enough that they're older than me and watching friends Mm -hmm. separately from the fact that a lot of those jokes just don't hold up anymore. Very clear that there are a lot of uh, homophobia on the show. Uh, They're all younger and it's very depressing. (laughs) 
Like they, right. there's a full episode on Friends about when they all turned thirty and how they all want to like kill themselves, <laughs> and it, it like essentially. And I was like, you know what? <laughs> also, uh, also, it's just like living here makes me angry when I watch the show in a different way. When I watch Sex in the City, the anger's not there, and I'm like, this is a fantasy. It's so much of a fantasy. Great. But with friends, I feel like they're trying to make it sound like there's something relatable there. There isn't, in my sure. opinion. Also, as a, I, I feel like I'm sounding really bitter, but like <laughs> as a person who has had friends, it's like we didn't all date each other. That was like a big thing on the show. Everyone ends up dating. Yeah. That didn't and happen. It was accurate. Like there'd be dating and then one friend was never a part of it again. Yes, exactly. <laughs> they never came back. Exactly. Because they cried every time they saw the other person. That's right. I feel like I'm going off the rails here. But back to what you said, which is, the idea of getting older and getting closer with people. I completely agree with that. Like, mm -hmm. I'm an only child, but I do have cousins on my mother's side who we didn't really start hanging out a lot more until very recently, like in the last five years. Yeah. We started spending a lot more time together. I'm an only child. So it's like, oh, you know, this is like kind of a sibling situation-ish. I mean, I also, you know, with friendships and stuff, again, I feel like I'm using being an only child as an excuse, but like friendships, like I'm still close friends with all my friends from college. I also did go to school here. I went to Brooklyn College. Yeah, but I think that's so great. I mean, it's- I love it. It's, I went to college and it was a conservatory. And so you kind oh. of, you're very close with these 10 people. And again, back to the friends thing, I like dated one long term and that ended. And so I think like, that was a significant friendship that just vanished. Yeah. And that was horrible. Yeah. You don't just stay friends afterwards. Who does that? Yeah. Yeah. And then, I mean, now it's divine. I mean, there's maybe there's one I kind of stay in mm -hmm. occasional contact with. And it's so sad. It is it's really so sad. sad to lose that history. And ultimately, that's the thing with family is it's that's just right. like you have this indelible history mm -hmm. that's rich. And that's like right. I, with my sisters, it's really it feels really nice to like, oh, yeah. We were both there for that insane thing. Absolutely. I also feel like once you get older, at least for me, especially like reconnecting with people, I'm actually going to, I'm planning to go to Peru. My dad's from Peru mm. and I'm planning to go there, just me, uh, to see some family there uh, because he lives here, but everyone else on his side lives there. Uh -huh. And I would like to feel more connected to them. And that's, that's not nice. something I would have wanted to do like a long time ago. Now it's like this thing that's on my mind, this idea of wanting to connect. Yeah. Well, I just found out I did, I did some storytelling show. We're supposed to explore like someone in our family who had died in a way that it impacted. So I never met my grandfather. So I started talking to all my aunts and uncles who I never knew. And I f one of them was like, yeah, your great grandma was from Spain, born and raised in Spain. Huh. And I've always been raised, I'm mostly Jewish. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like somewhat Italian. And my dad pretended we were like 100% Italian. But based on this, it's like, I might have more connection to Spain than Italy. And now I'm like, whoa, I need to. You could go there. It's tough because the family was just, they, they all fought and whatnot. Sure. But then I think it's, I'm starting to hit that age where I'm like, I am a little curious where um, this all started. I, there's plenty of time. Kind of, actually. I don't know. Kind See, exactly. There isn't now. plenty of time. And I that's why you got to just, you know, just do stuff. Um, Weird transition, but this I'm just excited because I realize a lot of these episodes are ones that are between season one great, and great. four, so I'm not ruining anything for you. I, I don't remember what season this is from. I can click on it. Dark Victory is an episode where there was a blackout, and this was in season two. Mm -hmm. um, another one of my favorite, most comforting episodes, um, if you remember that sort of plot. 
you know, the family, and of course, somehow Roz yeah, I love gets stuck. all the excuses. They always get stuck Especially together. now, like, originally she really was on the side, and then, like, at some point, they were like, she's great. Yeah. And they just, she always has an excuse to be at the Absolutely. House. She, I think, I think she was separated from her family for the holidays or something. I don't remember. She didn't, I thought it was she didn't want to go because... Uh, her family looks at her and is like, oh, why, why aren't you, you married? Why are you married? Uh-huh. That's right. So one by one in this episode, there's a blackout. Everyone is, of course, stuck in the apartment. Frazier, you know, dad, Niles, Daphne, Roz, Eddie. And one by one, everyone is discontent with their life for some one reason or another. And Frazier takes each and every one of them aside and sort of has like a mini therapy session right, with them. Right, right. And he doesn't get his own break. He wanted a break or something. He wanted a break and he wanted, I mean, he's also very egomaniacal. Oh, yeah. And he has a great, ridiculous, like, monologue at the end of that episode, which is like, they decide they want to go to a party downstairs. And then he goes, I, I, I do, I just love the monologue. But he essentially is like, do you know what it's like? Let me tell you what it's like for a day in the life of this man or something. And then he's like, every day there's a little piece of me taken away with every person, a little bit here, a little bit there. I'm gonna, st- I'm gonna start to be able to like really mouth these out and it's gonna be very creepy when I can truly um, mem- like you, know every word line by line. Not to pitch, you, I would be so fascinated to hear either someone who became a therapist because of the, sh- of the show mm. or just like how therapists, because the way therapy, I'm a big proponent of therapy. Honey, I've been going to therapy there. for almost 10 years with but the same think person. About, think about the way therapy has been portrayed. And it's so poorly in every meet. I think about like the therapist in The Sopranos is like the, is just a disaster of a therapist. There's like sexual tension. Well, at yeah. least on that show. Yeah. And then uh, Mr. Robot, like the therapist, like, you know, one of the worst therapists in the world. Frazier is the most horrifying therapist Terrible. in the entire world. He never gets good advice. No. He blows off people on his show that have real problems. Yeah. Or it's more of like often if they do, he goes. I think you should seek counseling. And I'm like, what are they calling you for then? Do you have anything to help them with? I totally agree with you. I'm, f- I'm just fascinated how therapists feel about it. I mean, every therapist I know is doing fine financially, but, but like in general, the, the mm-hmm. real feeling towards therapy as like, mm-hmm. it's like if people are introduced by Woody Allen and they're like, oh God, that's the kind of guy that goes to therapy. Yeah, you're right. I feel like therapy in general, at least according to film and TV, often is not necessarily like a thing that looks like in fun. It yeah, looks very like uncomfortable. Real therapy is generally very slow moving and mm-hmm. there's not that, that many dramatic moments. So they either make it just the worst mm-hmm. person in the world. Or Frasier and Niles, where they're just... It's, it's very much often... I mean, Frasier, I feel like, is a different example of a bad therapist because he's a radio host. But so. still, even Niles, they like show Niles in his office and they're just like... They espouse Freudian theories. Which nobody uses Freudian theory anymore. People still talk about or Freud. Or Jungian. But it's like, yeah, yeah. But they like just quote Freud's first book and yeah. Sure. I mean, he's definitely living in the past. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And... I actually did an episode of this podcast about Frazier versus Niles, who's a better therapist. Mm. I think we decided on Niles just because he at least he listens a little bit more. You don't really get to see him do that much therapy, Uh but I feel like he's less of an egomaniac. But back to therapy for one second. Therapy is totally fascinating to me. I mean, I've been seeing the same person for like almost a full decade, which is crazy. Was it the first person? See, I had bad therapy as a kid. Mm-hmm. Not bad. I just didn't 
my therapist there like one uh, ate the whole time and it was a way that like like smelly food and I was young and it just like something turned me off. That's odd. And I would just like play <laughs> I would just play with action figures and my therapist would try to like be like, oh, so is the Green Ranger your stepdad? And it's like, no, I'm just playing with action figures. Leave me alone. My parents were paying absurd money for me to play with action figures while therapists tried to analyze what they were doing. Because my parents had therapists. I was like, well, if they have therapists, this can't be very useful. And I feel like this is not going to be a good analogy for you, but maybe it'll help you. For me, finding the right therapist is finding the right gynecologist. It's somebody that uh you're comfortable with, like truly comfortable with. And no, it hasn't always been easy. This is a person I met while I was in college. And frankly, I've been there since the beginning because when I met my therapist, she was getting, she was working at my college as a counselor. Uh She was going to get her degree. And now she has her own practice. And so I was there from day one. That's amazing. I mean, but I, I got lucky. Mm-hmm. I did something at the, at the White Institute, which was like they, they ask what your income is and they base it off that. <laughs> I, was, I was in New York, so my income was literally zero. The White Institute? The, the, White, the White Institute, yeah. Interesting it's, name. It's someone's last name. Okay, got it. God, I hope I'm going to get it right. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, Listeners, he does not know if it's right, and that's a good disclaimer. White, I think it's called the White Institute. And not the White Institute, the White Institute. The White Institute, yes. And uh, I just lucked out. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just, I just, I, it took me a long time to finally go again, but I just found a good person. But I think it's very tough if I meet people our age and they go to someone bad or someone they just don't click with and they go, this isn't for me. Absolutely. I've had to break up with a therapist before and, and that's, very, that's very awkward. Before this 10-year therapist. So we had a break. Because there was Mm. like, you know, once she started the practice and I was like doing a lot of PA work, I didn't have insurance. She didn't take it. So I had to find someone else. Talking about money with therapists is truly. And I because with the White Institute, it was like I got the lowest thing and then she moved into a private. Mm -hmm. And at some point she talked about raising it. And you're just like, oh, can we never talk about this? Because I just want to pretend that you like me and we talk about about this. Right. And I'm trying to tell myself that doesn't mean you don't care about me at all. And, it, you know, we found we came to an agreement because I would just want to be done with it. Mm-hmm. But that's very hard. It's very uncomfortable. I, I left her a message, I remember. And I was like, it really was like breaking up. It was Ugh. very much like, you know, it's really, it's not, it's not you. You know, it's just, this just isn't working for me. <laughs> but it was, it was partly due to the private practice. I think, well, the reason I didn't like this person I had as an in-between between when I was on a break from my current therapist, it was very much like, I'm a cognitive behavioral person. It's like, I have anxiety. So I like to talk to somebody who's like, let's get into like, what are your issues in your brain that are causing your actions? Sure. As opposed to the kind of people that this person fit the bill of what we've been talking about, film and TV representation of, of yeah, yeah, therapists, yeah, yeah. which is you kind of, you know blabbering and them kind of like nodding along or being like that's hard mm-hmm. and then being like okay time to go yeah, yeah, yeah. And i'm like what am i paying you and for? always yeah always i could just like, talk to a do wall more, do more exactly. i would I'd be like can you yell at me something yeah, like, yeah yeah you're doing this please yell at me yes it's hard to get them to yell at you but um yes i would say i hope that neither of our therapists is like frazier in real life Sure. Because that would be bad. He's definitely. Except, I, I mean, I do think the idea, the idea of someone listening is a gigantic component of all of this. It's his whole mantra. It's just like someone that will just listen to you for fucking. That's true. Ooh, there's a, no, I won't do that one. There was, there was an episode I wanted to mention, but it might be past. Ooh, are you through season four? Or you're Close. like. Close. 
Okay. I was binging last. I was like, let's you're get binging as far as I can. <laughs> this is this is just a plot point, so it's not ruining it. Do you did you watch an episode about Eddie the dog being depressed? I feel like I'm literally on that episode right now. Okay. All right. So then we will not, I'm not going to ruin that. Yeah. One they were talking you. about, do we go to a dog psychiatrist? I was literally watching it this morning as really? I ate my breakfast. Um, Ooh, I know. Let's see. Ham radio. This is from season four. Oh, it might be episode 18. They do an old time radio drama um, on the air. That, not okay. quite. But on the plus side, what am I real? I, I, that's, that's all I'm going to tell you. But it's like no one died, which is good. You know what I mean? So like I'm just telling you a farce that's about to come up. Well, I, that's why I get I go through phase in my life where like I'm, I'm ready for that show where someone will die or like there's <laughs> like but, you know, like there's these intense shows that I'm like, like right now, sharper. What is it called? Sharper. Objects. Sharper objects. Oh, I've watched all of it. Yeah. But like there's sometimes I'm like, I can't right now. Oh, yeah, of course. I can't do this. Right. I I very often and rarely have the the emotional capacity to watch like, well, I, I really did like Sharp Objects because I watched or I read the book. Mm. So I was a big fan. Um, I'm currently watching Killing Eve. I haven't even heard of uh-huh. this. It's starring Sandra Oh. She's a okay. cop and she's after a female serial killer. And Ooh. what am I guilty of? I am guilty of watching and reading things about women that are murdered or women that murder people. That seems to be my genre lately, and I really need to change it up. Are you a big investigation discovery person? I would be, but I don't have like TV. I have streaming, you know? Sure, sure. It's I did, not on I did Netflix. a bunch of those shows. That's the new Law and Order. Oh. It's like, oh, yeah, because there's only one Law and Order. They're starting a new one, thank God. They are? Yeah, it's called Law and Order Hate Crimes. Oh, my God. That's okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> I'm well, sure it will delicately touch these high intense topics, just absolutely. like SVU delicately talks about. I mean, listen, I don't, I want to do a, a, a psychoanalysis of the nation as to why, and I will put myself in this category. Have you ever watched Law and Order SVU? Yeah. So that is a show that I will end up watching like two or three episodes of in really? a row. I'll end up watching it with like my best friend, my father. And we're, and like, he, you know, the, he's got it on at the barber when he's getting a haircut. And it's always, you know, very dark, horrible crimes. And it's just weird that we're all like, yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, they found her body in a dumpster. I bet it was her dad. Her dad murdered her. Definitely. Yeah. I don't know what it is that like, it just, I know I shouldn't watch it too often because it just like, normalizes these horrifying crimes. But it's fa- I mean, it's, and yet I, think, I can't stop. <laughs> I think it's like, they're so popular in part because it's the same way, like if you're doing comedy, like sex is universal, the fear of murder or the fear of monsters is a universal. That's why the whole channel invest, the shows I did were called Over My Dead Body. Like, I mean, just insane things with th- thin plots and yeah. just someone's murdered. I'm like an angry boyfriend. Horrible quality. Is it is it dramatic reenactments? I don't know what that is. Yeah, but- it's it's a lot of dramatic reenactments and then some professor in front of a bunch of books going like, and this is what happened. Hmm. And then he was angry. And then cut to me like grabbing her head and smashing it through a very fake wall where the hole is definitely already there. I mean, if you want to fall into a hole of murder shows, I have plenty to offer you. People love it. Including, uh, what is it? There's one on Netflix called John Bonet. What was it? Killing John Bennett. It's uh-huh. es- it's essentially they got um, actors to come in and like it's a documentary technically, 
So they get actors from the surrounding area where John Benet Ramsey was killed, and they're doing reenactments uh, or like doing screen tests to play parts in like a movie that never actually gets made. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So like, hi, I'm here to play John Benet's mom. I'm here to play her brother. And then between the takes of these screen tests, people ask them what they think happened to her. So like the actors are not only playing the parts, but then they're separately going so like, I think her mother did it. No, I think her father did it. No, her, her, her brother definitely did it. It's very dark. And this was all on purpose or did funding fall out of the movie? And they're like, let's use those interviews we took. This was all on purpose. And I can't believe I am forgetting the name. But this is why with these shows, you need Frasier, at least for me. Yeah. Because I, I admit it, I will, I will end up watching A Handmaid's Tale. And then I'm like, I can't watch this. This can't be the last thing I watch before I close my eyes. So do you, do you listen a lot going to sleep? Do you listen to TV shows? I do, quite often. Yeah. Either, um, either it's Frasier, uh, it's Golden Girls, or, yeah, I'm going to say it, ASMR videos. Are you familiar? I, I did a, a parody. I was Voldemort. Voldemort's really? first ASMR. I want to read you a tweet. Um, wait, what? What was this for? Sorry. I know we did it with a, my friends uh, for a channel called Cruel Children. You should watch it. It's I will. I like I watched a lot of videos. So it's it's an accurate ASMR video, even though it's supposed to it's comedic. But people have watched it seriously. I bet they have. It's a huge. It was for a bunch of like the only freaks. sketch I've been in that has like a million views and people 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 did re they redid it because at one point i yell because it's a comedy video and they did like a remake where they took that part out so people could actually listen to it i mean i would like i can't speak for all asmr fans but here's the thing i real so i saw i follow cardi b on twitter mm -hmm. and sometimes she just says things that speak to me sure. to my soul so she sub she like retweeted somebody who said private br private browser private browser is where it deletes your search history basically she replied to it for real, no wonder I don't be finding my ASMR videos or pornos. I want to go back and see sad face. And then I was like, oh, my God, I'm always embarrassed if somebody sees that I've been watching ASMR videos. I should be doing them in private browser. But it's I haven't. <laughs> but the point is, I have a hard time falling asleep to complete silence. Sure. So that's why I like to have like white noise, a fan, a comforting show that I don't need to even follow the plot anymore. Mm -hmm. I can't watch something that I haven't seen yet. It has to be something I already know what's going to happen. Sure. So I'm not like kept awake wanting to know what happens. I've, I did that for my whole life. I mean, I went through phases where I could go to sleep silence and then life got scary again. Absolutely. And then you're like, I need this. Not. Oh, I, I was like, I was like looking at a kid yesterday who was having a tantrum because I think he wanted candy. And like currently, you know, I'm dealing with like, I don't know if you've ever gotten a letter from the IRS that you did your taxes wrong. I'm like dealing with that right now. Oh, and God, all, I could, all I could think was like, I was like so angry at this kid for no reason. I was like, you don't have any problems. And then I thought, <laughs> I'm not ready to have a child because I'm afraid that I would do that. I know. Well, I'm sure everyone does. Right. Like the thing they're of like, like, I got you the toy. They're I like, I got you the toy. My life's so hard. And I go, you don't know what life is, pal. And it would be terrible. Yeah. So I'm not ready for that. And that's what's nice that I know that. Um, oh, okay. I have an episode that I know you've Great. seen. Uh, it's called The Innkeepers, and that is an episode where Frasier and Niles decide to open a restaurant together, mm -hmm. um, taking over one that's about to be closed. I watched this one very recently. Um, a fun episode. I also, I don't know why, but I just enjoyed them being in a restaurant and all the hijinks that comes with everything that can go wrong in a kitchen, 
in that main room when everyone from the show shows up. Like I was thinking about what it was like to like get, you know, like, okay, Bulldog's got to be in this. Gil, Chesterton, and all the food critics. Well, that's what's nice. I mean, it really, because they, they're like, let's buy this restaurant. Cut to opening mm-hmm. night of the restaurant. And we're like, great, we're fine with it. I mean, they really have created this environment where they can be so absurd. And we're just like, yeah, we'll go for it. They bought this restaurant. Mm-hmm. Frazier has an unlimited amount of money somewhere. They both have an unlimited amount of money. I mean, I've definitely, like... I don't want to. Ru- OK, I won't ruin it. I'll just say that there have definitely been times where they've gone to some auctions and say bid on items that were very sure, expensive. Sure. And it's very I'm like, how? I, well, I also wonder how much is Frazier's apartment? Because I do think it's very nice. More importantly, oh, if you're in season four, where does Niles live? Do you know? Uh, I believe he has his own is place he... now because he's he's not with. His OK. Wife. All right. So it might be the Montana. Uh-huh. Perhaps. Uh-huh. Because Niles lives in this beautiful house that has different floors, has like a gift wrapping room, a study. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, okay, I guess therapy does pay. Yeah, that is the one accurate portrayal of therapy. They do get some good money. They're so wealthy. But there's always like, it's in Seattle. When As a New Yorker, I'm always, I'm always like, I bet you that apartment costs just as much as mine in New York. Of but course. in Seattle, I'd live in this mansion. <laughs> I, you know what? If I were living in a giant apartment like Frasier, it did, it did make sense to me that his dad was living there because there's a lot of room. Then Daphne moved Sure, in. sure. I'm fine with it. Daphne must be getting paid. Part of me is like, what is Daphne doing all day there? I know. She's doing physical therapy, what, once a day at the most for an hour? But then she's also like the maid, yeah. you know? Like she's always serving people food and stuff. And I don't know, maybe they had a separate conversation, not on the show, about like you're also his, you're a healthcare worker and you're also like the housekeeper. Because it is weird. And it's something I don't think about until we're talking about it right now. I'm like, at the beginning, I feel like less so as the show goes on. But every time she's out with them, he, she's always introduced as, this is my father's healthcare worker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? They're Which, really close with their healthcare. Yeah. I saw the one where, where he keeps going in her room. And I was like, oh, oh wow, this is a weird thing. Oh, you mean when Frasier goes in there? Yeah, well, because there's this thing about like, can she have sex in her in the apartment? Oh, that that was a, have yeah. a man over. It's just like, oh god, yeah, that's what kind of fucked up power dynamic is this? Totally ridiculous. Yeah, I've definitely seen that episode now a few times, and it's like, oh yeah, she made the right move, being like, I'm moving out. Yeah, yeah. But then separately from that, there's an episode where Fraser goes in at, into her bedroom, like snooping. Yeah, snooping, and then ultimately with a shower. And then ultimately, he buys her a car. A car. Like, how much money do you have, dude? Maybe it's nationally syndicated radio station. They're always buying suits and shoes. And- Perhaps. Um. Oh, okay. Here's an episode you've seen. It's from season three, and it's called Chess Pains. Uh, Fraser buys an elaborate antique chess set. Becomes obsessed with his inability to win against Martin. A great episode focusing on the two of them. I love when every character gets some alone time with Fraser. Yeah. It's nice. I see. I, I think I like Frasier so much because I really I love exploring someone's ego and someone just being full of shit. Yeah. And I just I just think, and the father is is not as egotistical. It's just I love I love seeing both their egos. My favorite is is Frasier and Niles. If I if I had to pick two, and then Roz, oh, I do like Roz a lot. I love Roz a lot. Um, I feel like there's of course many jokes at her expense. 
But she's so, but she also like, she gets back and it's great. Absolutely. She's, she's very, she's very strong. She's very independent. Um, I think you have, there, I mean, there's so many things for you to look forward to in the show. I'm very excited. I'm definitely not going to ruin it uh, for you. From what you've seen by now, because for me, or maybe I already asked you this, but okay. So your favorite dynamic is, be- is between Niles and Frazier. Yeah, I just, I like a sibling rivalry. And that's just where it's the wittiest. Do you, and do you have, you said sisters, are they older or younger than you? All, all younger. Okay. Um, one's four years younger. One's, so one, right, I'm 30. Mm-hmm. One's 26. We have the same birthday, actually. Whoa. Yeah. That must be interesting and annoying. Yeah. It's more just like, oh, I guess it's not my day. Mm. <laughs> it's our day. <laughs> So then I have a sister, 22. I have a sister who's 18 mm-hmm. and then a brother who's 17. Well, I don't know what the age difference is between them, but I get the sense it's not that far. Yeah, no, because they talk about like knowing the same people in school. Yeah, that's So it must true. be like one or two years. And if you haven't experienced like a flashback yet, you, def- you do at some point get to see them as kids. I guess I'm always, I've because I've, I've heard, other episodes of this were like a writing staff changes and I'm worried that it's going to hit a point where I go, Oh, the show feels different now. I mean, I think you're going to have to come to that. on your, I'm not going to tell you anything about it, but I yeah. personally believe you should watch the whole show. Sure. And there's just so much more good stuff to come. Um, but on that note, uh, I, uh, I feel like we've covered a lot of episodes and I don't want to ruin any more new ones for you. So let's leave it at what we've gotten sure, over. Sure. But just know, and when you're ready, feel free to come back to me and tell me. I, I absolutely will. What are, what, here's some other great episodes. Can I tell you the name of one that won't ruin sure, it for sure. you? Sure, It's called Croc Tales. Croc Tales. I'll remember that. There's a croc involved. Very like sad. A croc. Uh, a know, dial. No, a croc, uh, oh, like a croc pot. Oh, a croc pot. Yes, you'll see. It's going to be great. Just wait. You've got a full 11 seasons. Um, and if you're watching it at the rate that I usually am, you'll probably get through it pretty quickly. It's pretty, it's th- we are like, wow, I watched four episodes yeah, it this happens, morning. It happens very quickly. As I did things. Um, Gianmarco, before we, uh, we leave today, uh, do you have anything that you want to plug? Sure. Um, well, uh, my, my, my social media is, of course, I, I do a lot of stand-up comedy pretty much every night. So uh, it's my name, at Gianmarco Cerezi. Mm-hmm. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, I post it all. The man performs more than anyone that I've, than I've ever met. Trying, trying. Heck yes. And uh, Sundays, I run a show called The Last Laugh at V-Spot, which is 12 St. Mark's. In New York. In New York. Great vegan food. Any show that doesn't have a two-drink minimum, mm-hmm. I'm interested in. It's good. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for being here, Gianmarco. My pleasure. And until next time, good night, Seattle. <laughs> the end. <laughs>